0: Welcome to the Black Magic Collective podcast presented by Black Magic Design. This podcast is made by filmmakers for filmmakers. Join at blackmagiccollective.com to enjoy free membership and all that comes with it. Now, on with the show. Oh, well, ooh, I actually have a special guest before I get to our panelists. I forgot. I have the uh, one and only, normally she's behind the scenes with these, um, working with John Printo behind the scenes on these. But many of you, especially if you've been at all emailing or involved in Black Magic Collective, you know the name, Kayla Marie Coates. She's also the, um, she runs the Emer- Emerging Actors Initiative. She's also in that initiative. Uh, she's an actor and a filmmaker, and here she is.
1: Hey, hey, hey.
2: Hello. I, Hello. How, how is everyone?
1: Well, everyone. Rhetorical, <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, no. Hello. How are they? They can write in um, the box. Yes, please tell us. Uh, I will we also
0: have, uh, up. from Atlanta, rep in Atlanta, we have Ebony Blanding, who's a uh, in the, Oh, gosh. What is the initiative called now? Studio Features.
3: Future Directors of Studio Features.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Kate, Kate, who runs that program, hates me for ever naming it what it did. And now I hate myself because I can never remember what it's called. (laughs) But it's a really cool initiative because they're all about getting their first feature film made and or getting hired by the studio system to get their feature film made or getting hired at all to make feature films and Ebony just did her um big baby film called a baby film meaning it was her baby not Yeah yeah y'all you should not have me doing events like the day before a holiday it's not <laughs> it's not working um I didn't okay. it this way we also coming from new york rep in new york we have tanya perez uh tanya and we have i'm just gonna keep going before i screw everybody's things up from new england we have alicia orsini which i now i probably said alicia and you actually go by alicia don't you no i'm alicia you did it okay i did great. do it right great uh and finally uh we have maurice moore oh. rep in austin Thank you guys so much for being here. It's weird because I have to I want to look at your faces here, but my camera's up here. And I just so for those of you watching, if you're wondering why I keep looking down, it's because I want to see their pretty faces. Uh welcome you guys so much. Thanks for being here. I'm, audience again. Once you're here, put comments in the comment box, let us know where you're from, what you do, and if you have questions along the way. Okay, all of that said, let's just start with hi. Let's talk about your past year. Um, I know a lot of you have filmed a bunch of projects, so maybe just talk to us about one project, um, how it kind of went, how you dealt with COVID, and where you're at with that project. Can we start with
3: you, Ebony? Yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, everyone. Um, I directed my baby uh, film this year. It is a short film and proof of concept called Jordan. Jordan. Um, it is starring a young tween uh, protagonist uh, who is from Atlanta as well. Um, it was super dope filming it. I-, I filmed it with the homies, everyone who I love and respect in Atlanta, who I work with, and I finally had like some actual money to work with. So that made it even more fun. Um, and Everyone was excited to come out um, because of the whole pandemic going on and they were not working on their bigger projects. So to be able to still be able to play if you will, um, and engage in a safe way about something that everyone believed in, obviously, because they were there Um, was super affirming. And I think it just it fed all of us. Everyone, when we finished the shoot, they were like, we feel so fed. Um, (laughs) We don't feel we don't feel alone. And I think that was one of the major things during the pandemic is not. feeling alone.
0: I love it. Uh, Maurice, what have you been up to this past year? We talked to you at the beginning of the year. So it'd be interesting now to talk to you at the end of the year.
4: (laughs) Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I'm excited to be here. So thank you guys for coming and, and all these fantastic filmmakers. So I appreciate it. But it, and I'm going to I'm going to tell this one really quick. But from beginning of the year to the end of the year, what happened with COVID is really interesting um, to me. So uh, I was in the process of shooting a feature film that was finance funded um, that I wrote and get ready to direct um, called The Place She Dwells, psychological thriller uh, the day before the board is closed. And the reason why that's important is my filmmaking partner, Alex Rios, flew over from Barcelona, Spain the day that the borders closed. Got here that day. When oh, the borders wow. closed, I was having the final reading with the with the cast and the crew to shoot a week later. An hour after the reading, we canceled the shoot.
5: Oh my God.
4: COVID showed up, we canceled the shoot. Didn't shoot for a year. My friend, Alex Rios, was stuck at my home for two months, couldn't go back to Barcelona.
1: Oh my god. Wow. Sucks for him, but also now you're stuck
0: with somebody living in your house.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. And that was new for everybody, especially someone from Barcelona living (laughs) with me. So we were going to go crazy. I mapped out every single shot of the feature film, so the film was ready to be shot before he showed up, and it was really ready to be shot two months later so we were going story crazy so I said we got to do some work and so I challenged him and myself to create a short film that we could Ooh. create right and, and produce at my home during that time so the next day we came back with five different ideas picked an idea called deja vu where we shot a film in seven days at my home that oh. is a quarantine movie called deja vu which is now getting ready to do the festival circuit
1: Wow. wow. That's,
4: that's awesome wow. I love that you did it. In March, we're still going stir crazy. We were starting to come out of the pandemic. A few we um, um, were able to get the vaccinations. Um, protocol had started to go through, and I said, we got to go to work. I still had financing for the feature I was supposed to shoot in March, and we shot the feature during COVID in protocol uh, in 15 days. Uh, during the whole new everybody's learning how to deal with COVID coming out of of the pandemic. And so now that film is in Mm post-production. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're working, I shot a few other films in between, but that story of how Deja Vu got started and going back to shoot the psychological thriller, um, The Place She Dwells, which I just cut the, the new trailer for, I'm very excited about because COVID wreaked havoc in, uh, in all of our worlds, but certainly doing that process for me.
0: I love that you guys have all found me to be creative. And I do want to go back after we get through everybody and talk to everybody about how things to consider with new protocols and time and all that stuff. Um, Alicia, what you you said you literally wrap in a truck on your way to this interview. <laughs> we,
5: we wrapped up, we did our last shots yesterday. and We cleaned out the PO this morning. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll go backwards. So I just finished a film called Crooked Finger, which is a, an ultra low budget horror that we shot in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. And then I did, I was the line producer on that one. And then... As that one started, I was ending another project where I was the UPM on another horror film that was shot up in Concord, Mass. So that brings us backwards all the way. I started working on that film in August. Um, and then I did a couple of small projects in between, but I did my own project that I was directing back in March called Late Fall. Um, and I've finally come back to editing that project with, with our team and uh, you know, the COVID protocol has gone up and down, but it's okay, listen, I don't recommend going from UPM to line producer back to back. But it's it's crazy. And then and then we're here. And then I'm I'm also the president of Women in Film New England. So we're getting ready for our big rap party, which is our annual meeting on December first. So we're like, <sighs> um, so I want Are you to guys rap- gonna do
0: that in person? Or are you gonna do it? Online,
5: We're doing it in person. We're going to be nice. back in person at, at GBH Studios. There's the, the big PBS studios up here in New England. Um, and one quick tip I want to throw out there to everybody. We would not have been able to make these last two feature films without Project Indie Hope. And I don't know Ooh. if you've heard of Project Indie Hope, but they made covid testing affordable for us oh nice and they provided the nurses to come do the testing the testing themselves so we hired the ccos and the pas and they provided the nursing and the testing and it was a lifesaver and you should go check out charlie phoenix and her group at project indie hope
0: that's a great tip write that Mm -hmm. down love it and tanya in new york
2: (laughs) talk to us i know in new york however i spent majority of the pandemic in florida with my parents so <laughs> i was creating in a room in my like a childhood room and um and i was doing a lot of online projects a lot of like uh, i'm i'm by myself doing comedy with a iphone and my parents would hear me like doing something like why are you always screaming <laughs> but i finally this fall um a project that uh, kept getting pushed back uh, called 1%. I came on as producer and I'm also acting in it. And mm-hmm. it was, it was a, a hot, it was a, it was a target. It was like, we don't know. We were filming in Miami. So we had originally, I think it was back in February where we we're going to like, Oh, it's going to be fine. It's not fine. Oh, it's the summer. It's not, it's not. So we set a date and stuck to it. And it was my first time on set. And I was like, I felt like I could breathe. Mm-hmm. I was like, Wow. Yeah this is exciting. And it, you know, they, I mean, the, we were sticklers for protocols. We were like, you know, what? we're going to go above and beyond. And the whole team uh, came in and was just like, we're just going to say, yes, we're going to be taking care of ourselves and we're going to act the hell out of this film. And I was just like, Oh, this makes me feel like I, I can do this. I can do this mm-hmm. in, in an, you know, on the East coast. So it's, it's been, it's been surreal <laughs> this whole time.
0: Yeah. Um, and Kayla, you, you filmed some stuff on the actor side. You had done some shoots this year.
1: Yeah, I've done uh, several indie shoots, um, mainly non-union stuff. And that's been, oh, there have been some great times, some interesting times, especially with COVID, uh, but mostly all fun. I don't have any wild, gnarly stories, um, but yeah, I all of the small projects that I've been a part of, Obviously, the process has been different uh, with masks and having to keep them on just until we say, all right, action, take them off. Um, that's very interesting as and different than we've been doing. But it, if it keeps people safe, that's what we got to do, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I can imagine makeup artists are just in the worst <sighs> position right now because yeah. they're just constantly having to fix this area. If you're time. a sweater or if you have to wear makeup, I mean, like yeah. a lipstick. Mm-hmm. And- um, Maurice, so you were doing when you were doing your feature, your most recent thing. Um, how much did you allot extra time for protocol stuff for knowing that the mask, you know, masking and people hearing each other would be tougher? Uh, how did you deal with it?
4: Absolutely. Well, first of all, it, it it wasn't just me, like my crew, my team is just fantastic. And the Motivate Pictures team is, is fantastic because they not only are they producers on the film, but they all came in and they were doing AD and, and line producing work. And so everybody was chipping in. Um, that way we can keep the the, the, the team smaller by keeping the Motivate Pictures team involved. Um and my AD Heather Holstead, uh who's a terrific filmmaker herself, she was she was on it. Like she was she didn't let anybody slide, including me. I took a photograph one time and I pulled my mask down. And the next day she said, Can we talk? And I, would, <laughs> I never, never had my mask down again after that. Um, and so, That's yeah, awesome. we, we, we did that. We made sure that that was the case. We took extra time. We got we got to set early. Uh, we tried to keep our windows of when we were, you know, the 10 to 12 hour shooting days that we had. We tried to keep our days really, really tight um, because we didn't want. People to get fatigue, which is also easy for people to get sick because of mm-hmm. fatigue. So we're trying to be really smart about the entire thing. We were taking the breaks that we needed. We had the spacing. Um, we were able to shoot most of the um, the, the film took place inside. Um, so every time we get a chance to get outside of the home, because it was all shot in, in one home on different levels, um, we were using that spacing, but. It was it was unique. It was it was interesting. Um, it was challenging, and at the same time, I have to be really honest. Everybody really took it in stride. One, I think everybody was just excited to get back to work. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. important for me to say we got to go back to work. Like we have we have the financing, we have the project, and we're just kind of meeting every day via Zoom. And people were tired of meeting, and it's like we we got to we got to make something. And um, I think people were so excited to get back to work that everybody was open to whatever we needed to do. And it felt good. It felt good to work Mm. during that time that we have taken off and we couldn't do anything. It felt really great. So what we came out with product-wise, I'm glad we didn't shoot it a year ago because I think it's a better film now than it would have been if we'd have shot it when um, when COVID first happened.
0: That's interesting you say that. And I actually kind of like hearing that because I had my two biggest features ever, like over a million dollar features I would be directing were funded and ready to go before COVID and literally like we were about to go, you know, start prep and all that and COVID hit and the funders lost their money like Mm. in the stock market (laughs) and we lost our funding and like it, it was one of those, like it was like a devastating blow, like my biggest film and like a film I had been working hard to like, you know, on with the producers. But I do think now I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that I've done and there's a different headspace I'm in. I do think some of us have with the the space, I, it almost gave us a space to think and breathe yeah. so we can come mm-hmm. back up with renewed energy. So I'm, I'm glad that you said that because it just reinforces what I was thinking was that I think we're going to have a better movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia from your line producer producer stuff. Yeah. What are the things I, I I promise audience, we won't only talk COVID. It's just, it's such an important <laughs> thing right now that we understand how to keep working um, from a, from your UPM line producer standpoint, what are the things that filmmakers need to be thinking about as they start to go into prep, as they're thinking about their budgets, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. as far as COVID goes?
5: As far as COVID, it's, it's uh, you know, getting ahead of some things. Like we found that, um, you know, we had bought tests ahead of time, some rapid tests to have on hand. And there was a shortage that happened about midway through uh, mm-hmm. our first feature. So we were very lucky that we got ahead of that curve, um, even just uh, finding PPE and those other things and finding mm-hmm. what works. Um, on our particular sets, we we had decided that it was going to be mandated that people that worked with us had to be vaccinated. So, you know, that was something we decided collectively so then just doing that processing the vaccination um, sag requires you to test three times a week we decided since we had project indie hope, uh, indie hope we tested every day so when we did end up with a COVID outbreak, we had one, and it was a one extra came one day and had Delta. Um, so it meant that we had to, we were only down for a short amount of time because I was able to clear the rest of the crew sooner. So it's, it's about kind of knowing about this rhythm of, of your testing and understanding that when you do bring other people in from the outside, for the most part, we were bubbled um, but just having that testing available all the time. Uh, and, and then, yeah, thinking about the time it takes to test 60 people Mm. in the morning, you know, uh, and when, from a line producer standpoint, all right, I want them to, you know, I got to get the pre-call. I got to make sure there's some breakfast for them because that stinks. (laughs) It's going to take, you know, 60 people, you figure a minute to test, that's an hour. You know, and And then you have to wait for
0: the results. Yeah, that's actually really. And if you're if you're trying to stick to a 12 hour day, you've Mm -hmm. done lost an hour plus every day. And, you know, um, we got good at it where we were able to get people moved
5: through, you know, uh, in in 30 minutes. And that's, you know, two nurses, you know, you're going in, you're going in, in the tube, get to set, (laughs) you know. But having to just be really realistic about, all right, if first shot is going to be at eight, then we need to back that up to accommodate for our testing time because this is important it's an important thing to be doing because you know being a super spreader event is not an option
0: (laughs) so you you don't want your film in the news for the wrong (laughs) reason right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it's funny i have such um covid test PTSD that like when you started saying and you swipe the swipe and my, my nose is literally tingling right now. I don't like it. I want to stop. Well, you know,
5: our nurses came up with something great because what you don't need to like t- tickle your brain, What you what they want you to do is bring the mucus down. So they would have us blow our nose and then oh. they would up the scar. Or for people who were weird about the nose, you could go at the back of the throat. But, you know, that was that was the other thing, too, is having – it was so valuable having NPs on our set. If you can have a nurse practitioner on your set, mm-hmm. do it. Set medics, really trained CCOs, those kind of medical people, they were important before, but they're more important than ever.
0: Uh, Ebony, so you – I mean, you obviously did a much smaller version mm-hmm. of, of this kind of shoot. Were you guys able to get away with not having – Uh, daily tests and all of that?
3: We were able to get away from not having daily tests, but our lead actress, her, um, a family member of hers that she stays with has an autoimmune disease. And so we had to be very conscientious of making sure that everyone was, she was in a bubble. Everyone that was around her, of course, was tested, that was on set, but um, we had real conversations and letting people know that everyone is going to different households where people have real needs um and it is important that we all protect each other. And so I think like having those conversations up front, although it was a smaller set, let people know that um, what was expected and also that we're in this together because God forbid if you know her family gets sick, nobody wants that on their heart. So yeah.
0: Right, right. For yeah. sure. All right. Um if anybody comes along and you guys have more COVID questions in the audience and how to handle it and any things specific, please put it in the box. But I'm like, let's think about, you know, our COVID's going to be with us for a while. We're probably going to be dealing with this for a while um, until we can get everybody vaccinated. So until then, if that will ever happen, um, I think we just got to kind of be positive and think, just figure out ways to ways to work. We got to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to talk sort of just in general film stuff. Let's talk about life lessons and let's talk about um, moving forward. So. Just for instance, a question that I think would be fun for everybody to answer is what is one of your favorite moments from this past year on set? Do you have a story that pops in mind or just anything at all that comes to your mind right now? Whoever's first, go for it. You're like, nothing was fun. It all sucked.
5: (laughs) And this is like kind of COVID related, but but not it's just I'm like trying to think of some of the many things that we did. But um we we were as we were trying to figure out like okay, what if like the director gets COVID? How do we fix that? And my um <laughs> my DP came up with a Teradek. You know, patched through box of some kind, so that if if our director was stuck at home, we could pass through from the camera to the internet to him, so that we would still be able to keep rolling. And mm. like, I was just tearing my hair out, and Dan just wanders and he's like, "I got the oh shit box, we're all set." And I'm like, <laughs>
0: "Okay."
5: <laughs> it was like, like, like what you're saying, Ebony. Everybody's like, everybody gets what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So the whole team it was my problem to solve but somebody had the solution and was ready to jump in and just be like i got this
0: (laughs) man that would be so frustrating as a director to Uh be like trying to direct from home Because I don't. you think about like, oh, great. I'll be in my PJs. Kick back. Let me know when you're ready. (laughs) But no, man, I need to be in the action. That's another thing about COVID that's tough for me because I'm always a director that's right there with my actors. I'm always like in their ear. Like we're there. So um, how are you guys doing? That's actually I know we're back to the COVID questions, but I'm, you know, like how I don't know. I guess is everybody just staying masked until the last second for actors and like, eh, I don't know. Whatever. That Let's was go struggle. back
3: to that part was a big struggle, like staying masked because I'm from the south. We talk up close, up in personal with our hands, and it was just like giving folks distance and space, um, and still trying to reach them with that connectedness. I think that was something that I had to push through on a constant basis.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know some people have talked about clear masks because, like, we literally like think about it. Yeah. How many times on set are you yelling across the room to your DP? what you want. And then they're yelling back to you. You can't do that with masks. You're already yelling just to talk to somebody this far away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to good stories. Anybody else have something good that popped up in this past year? Something fun to share?
4: Well, if, if you know, I, I'll share just cause it makes me feel really good. Uh, this particular story that happened when we shot deja vu in quarantine, because what happened was there is no team except for the people that are in my home. Right. So I'm the filmmaker and Alex is the DP, but also a filmmaker. So I wanted to and I've been mentoring Alex for a long time. He's a great filmmaker. So I said, Alex, you get to direct. I will act. And if you guys know, I was I'm an was acting first and foremost for the last 30 years. You get to act. But not only did I get to act, my girlfriend at the time has a daughter who's now 13, but at the time she was 11. She's in the film. She's actually the star of this oh, film. She had, she was doing some stage work and I started working with her um, to do some TV and some film stuff, got her an agent and things. So, but this was her first film. So Alex is the director, DP, I'm DP, AD and producer and everything else. This little beautiful girl, Olivia Whitney, is the lead with me and her mom is my sound. <laughs> Who's never running sound at all. So my lovely girlfriend is running sound. And for us to make a film as complicated because it's sci-fi, a bit of drama, a bit of horror, but sci-fi in a pandemic world about the pandemic. And truth of the matter is, this film is one of the best things I've ever created as a producer. Aww, as
0: a filmmaker. I love that.
4: We had technically four people on set and this little girl who had never known a 10 hour day or 12 hour day in her life on film set had to learn all of that in COVID. Wow. And the excitement to wow. be an actor is one thing, but the the professional aspect of being an actor was something mm-hmm. that came through that process. And she handled it like game bangers. And Alex <laughs> was a trooper in COVID, here in Barcelona, working with this new young girl, and it was just a really, really tremendous experience. And then to see the finished product, and it doesn't look like a student film—nothing um, <laughs> wrong with that. I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying that in the sense of going, it doesn't look like a brand new, you know, like a film. You know, okay. New figures, um, was really, really, really terrific. And so I, I take a lot of pride in that when it comes to uh, what COVID did and how we had to kind of find our way to not let that take away from our creativity.
0: I love that. Um, anybody else have anything that popped to mind about the past year? Go I get
2: it, I. I'm like, my hand is always like, I'm the good student, right? Pick me, pick me. <laughs> um, in, sim- in a similar vein, like I think um, my, my family didn't know what I did in New York. I mean, they had an idea of like, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm filmmaking. I'm, 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 you know, but they never really got to understand it until I was living in their home. And um, so I started working on a project with, uh, I think about 10 or um, so uh, actors uh, based out of New York and LA called the homemade sketch show. And that was literally like, let's do a micro SNL, but on the internet and we're all filming from home and doing these sketches. So, Um, I thought, oh, this is going to be really easy. But we were churning out episodes every week. And it was one of the hardest things because we are not I I was having to write the sketch, edit the sketch, uh, you know, uh, cast it with my family. And let me just say, like, my dad needs to just be in everything I do from now on. (laughs) i love that <laughs> and it but i think that it, it gave um gave them a perspective that they would have never had if i just kept saying oh watch my film or guess what i'm going to be you know flying across the country to do this thing and it they just they just had an, a, a small idea until i was like hey i want you to be part of this mm-hmm. and um and trying to direct them was <laughs> was a beautiful challenge because i felt like it really made um it made the comedy richer. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the, it was trash and had to just, you know, it's deleted. <laughs> <laughs> but some of it was like, oh, this is a really beautiful, tender moment. And I get to keep this. And this is with my family. And I just Aww. felt like I got closer.
0: I love how everybody's finding their family is somehow involved <laughs> in this past year in ways that you would have never <laughs> dreamed of. That's that that is really
2: so
1: yeah. I have a, a story. I mean, it's, COVID-related. I actually ended up getting, I was working two survival jobs in a restaurant and Starbucks while I was pursuing my acting career. Um, And I moved to Los Angeles uh, from Orange County, so not super far away. But at the beginning of 2020, um, in January, right before the pandemic happened. And then I have been wanting to obviously jump more into the industry and get more industry jobs so I could quit some of my day jobs. And then I ended up getting COVID uh, in February. And I had so badly, I was on my last straw of working in a restaurant, and I just wanted to leave so badly. And I interviewed uh, for the production coordinating job for Black Magic Collective. Mm. And I ended up, I got symptoms for COVID on a Friday in February, and then I got tested on Saturday, got my results Sunday, I was positive. And then I started the production coordinating job remotely on Monday. And it's honestly been the best thing that's happened in in my life thus far.
3: That's a in COVID dreams,
1: I money. was able to hard right. Yeah, hey, you and some, you, you, we pick our battles. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was able to then fit my and uh, my restaurant job, and thankfully, I. It's been so great. Being in a restaurant can be very toxic. This is a very mm-hmm. loving family environment that I love. Nice.
0: She says that publicly, but
1: <laughs> um, says the person who says I'm the other half of your brain. <laughs> it's
0: not pleasant to be in here. I'm just saying. Uh, so we have some great questions coming in. Both Jen and um, Emmanuel asked something similar. What are our thoughts on streaming new features versus big theater screenings? What's the future look like for distribution? Uh, and Emmanuel said, so "What's your thoughts on?" Future streaming big features versus big theaters. So um, it has been a definitely been an interesting um, change that's happened this year, from only being able to see things in theaters to ne- then for a while we could see things in theaters and on say Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and now they're back to really pushing just for theaters, except for like HBO Max. Like, how is everybody feeling about that? Especially as filmmakers, when you've making you're making movies to be seen on the big screen.
5: I I think that uh, COVID has really pushed what was inevitably going to happen anyway. People's uh, people's choices and your uh, ability to stream something from home, creating that flexibility, was already happening. And just COVID's like, oh hey, by the way, don't be in a crowd. Um, (laughs) There's there's a film coming out that we worked on up here called Black Friday. Um, with Bruce Campbell and they are pretty much only playing it in one theater and the rest of it is streaming. That's it. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a movie about um, zombies happening on black Friday and monsters. It's really mm. great. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not highbrow entertainment by any means, but you know, I think there is going to be, I think you're going to see a little bit more of um, what I'm hoping for is those art house Theaters coming back. It's Thank not you. gonna be like, all right, I gotta go see whatever Rinky Dink film is out. Oh no, we gotta see like this picture on the screen, and maybe some of those lit- smaller theaters will get a bump. Is my hope um, from from over here from ha- films that are like like um, we worked on a film uh, a couple years back called Coda, um, which oh, won yeah. the, the Sundance uh, top. We're, we're we're looking at the fact that it's not probably not gonna have a DVD release. you know it's only gonna be on apple streaming and and it's it's pretty much done it's festival uh, it's um it's festival and it's it's theater run so uh but we're not gonna be able to own a dvd we're just gonna have to download it or stream it
0: yeah with our feature playing with beethoven we it took us forever to finish because you know how it is with no money you take forever to get it through post and um we had all of our red carpets we finally got dances with films, which we'd been in, we'd been in dances with dances with films every single year with a short project for like seven years, I think, and we finally had our feature film. We were gonna get to do all the press and the red carpets and all that stuff, and then COVID canceled us. So we literally, for the last year, our film basically played festivals and nobody saw it. Um, so it's interesting that this Friday it's gonna be in some theaters, like you said, like, you know, random cities it's in some theaters, but really it's all about pushing the streaming, everything we're doing right now, all of our marketing, we're like trying to get pre-sales for Apple. Like that's all we're pushing. We're not pushing theatrical at all. And matter of fact, we're paying for our own premiere in LA because we want to let the cast and crew be able to celebrate the long journey. Um, but for me, I don't think this movie, like this movie, is a music movie. It needs to be on a big screen with mm-hmm. Dolby surround sound. It just doesn't feel the same. And I haven't even gotten to experience that yet, mm-hmm. so I'm really sad if we only get big tentpole movies like you know Marvel or whatever in theaters. That'd be sad.
2: I, you
4: know.
2: Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was I well to bounce off that. I feel like the thing that I actually really appreciated coming back was drive-in movies.
0: That's
5: true. Screening at drive-in movies
2: because it gives an accessibility where you could literally drive your car up or some places would just open up the, um, the parking lots and have Mm -hmm. it open air. And I felt like it was rethinking the way that we went to theater and how we socialize and how we did it safely. Um, because I just, I mean, it's something that made me sad. It was, for me, it was, it's nostalgia. It's growing up. It's being able to see it. you know, with my you know whoever my folks or you know, high you know school. the problem
0: with drive-in theaters now though is when we were kids, at least when I was a kid. I don't know how old our rails on here, but you would go pull up and you had the little big heavy silver box that you'd put on your car oh, yeah. door. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Now you play it through your radio, and those of us with electric vehicles, it doesn't like it. It's just constantly like, turn your car off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we literally went to one and then just never went to any because it was just too scary that we were going to kill our battery. So you're going to have to get an old-fashioned radio, put some double A's (laughs) in that shit, and then (laughs) like,
5: come on. (sighs) I do part-time work in radio, and it was so funny. I was talking to some kids, and they were like, you know what would be really cool? If they had like you know podcasts, if you took them and you made it so everybody could listen to <laughs> it, <loud.
0: laughs> <laughs> anyway, that went here.
3: That's yeah. hilarious,
0: Maurice. You were gonna say something, I think.
4: Yeah, Jen. I, mean, I wanted to bounce a little bit off of what you just said, especially about the tempo world. So, so, so what's crazy is from from the mind of a producer, not filmmaker. Um, not artist, okay, not not actor from the from from the monitor producer. Um, so I was just in LA, and I should have looked you guys up, and I'll do that next time. I was just in LA. Dang it,
0: Maurice, get off this call. You're <laughs> off. I know. I know. I know.
4: I've been traveling so much over the past few months. It's been crazy, and it's all been business, um, and I've been all over the place. And it's in, in COVID world, traveling sucks too. Um, and then I had to, my final stop before the holidays was LA and I spent um, several days out there and I have a first look deal with a, the with a studio, right? And when we talk about streaming as an independent filmmaker who is hoping to not always do independent films, right? Right. Also working with a, a studio, a major production company with studio heads who are only looking for tentpole theatrical release films. Right. As an independent filmmaker, it's difficult to get distribution in general. Okay. regardless. And even in the streaming world now, because the streaming world has gone into we're looking for the same things that that we were looking for initially for theatrical release. We want name actors and um, directors and that kind of thing. So it makes it even more challenging for the independent filmmaker. So I'm having a sit down, heart to heart, grown up conversation with with um, with this company that I work with. And they're really great. And we've been connected for a very long time. But as I'm creating work and they're creating work, they're only looking at tent posts because they know that that's where the theater is going. That's where the theatrical releases are going to be. And they're saying we're struggling to figure out distribution for some of the stuff that you're doing, Mo, just on the aspect of, you know, budgets and names on a consistent basis. And so I go back and forth. Number one, I'm a theater junkie, like just as just from entertainment. I'm there. No joke before COVID. I'm there three, four times a week. I'll watch anything in the theater. I'm a nuthead. I own a thousand movies in the room next door. I am a junkie. <laughs> so not having that was huge for me. And 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 Alicia, you're right. Streaming services was going to happen anyway. But I it was and, and I'm all good with it. But I'm the guy that wants to go to the theater. Mm. Okay? I don't want to see them disappear. I like having the options, but I'm never going to be the guy that goes, oh, I'll just catch it on Netflix. or Right. Netflix. Yeah. Because I just want to be in the theater, but I'm with you, Jen, I don't want to just see Marvel in the theater. I want to see psychological thrillers and dramas in the theater. So I'm talking to these big wigs, really important people who are really smart and know what they're doing on how we can find that balance to make sure that independent filmmakers or something that's not you know, the MCU uh, universe mm can have a theatrical release.
0: There, There's nothing like a good cry by yourself in the dark oh in a theater. I, I'll this? do it
4: all day, every day, if you let me. <laughs> like, I'm just that dude. So it's a <laughs> balance, especially as a producer. It's like, how do I make sure I'm creating content that I can still hope to push for a theatrical release as opposed to just settling now to um, just kind of deal with whatever I have left over in the streaming world? Obviously, film festivals are really important, but as you say, it's, it's Film Festivals is always challenging anyway. Um, oh. And then who gets to see them and make films so people can see them and, and people can be connected to them. Um, and so that, that becomes a, a, a difficult challenge. I see the theaters coming back for sure, certainly when it comes to big budgeted projects, but I do feel that there is, whether it's the independent art house films, I do think that there are some room, there's room still for smaller budgeted dramatic films, comedies that allows us to go to the theater and, and want to watch those and still have people have the option to stay. Well,
0: especially mm-hmm. like the thing is like, I think people don't even like comedies, especially Movies are not as funny at home by yourself as yes. they are in a group of no. people laughing. Agreed. So, like, I really don't want to see theaters go by. We have so many questions coming in. I love this. Yeah. So, um, oh, Sarah says we need Bluetooth driving speakers. Okay. Yes, that's exactly. Okay, um, okay let's go down There's this list here. There. Uh, Gilberto, as actors, directors, and movie producers, you need to continue training. How do you see training/slash acting classes to change during COVID? Kayla can probably talk to that because she's in an acting class twice a month. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Actually, four times a month, usually, whenever I'm (laughs) in the blocks. Yeah, so I was doing during COVID. uh, right when COVID happened, I was in the middle of a showcase class, actually. And so we were supposed to have a bunch of uh, casting directors, agents, managers, uh, just a bunch of people in the industry come in person and watch us do uh, like a showcase. And obviously, because COVID happened, that had to be rethought, um, because we couldn't have people come in person. So in a way, it was better because we filmed ourselves and then we sent it out digitally so people could watch it whenever they wanted to on their own time and they didn't have to send it would also reach more uh people um like more important people because and they don't have to make time to actually drive to the place they Mm -hmm. might not instead send an agent they'll watch it themselves or like an assistant or something like that so we were able to reach more people um but obviously, you don't get to How, meet them in but person. Have talk that, about um, acting
0: class though. Like, you know, obviously classes are smaller. They have to be. Um, right. Yes. Pe- people are masking and then just unmasking. I'm assuming for scenes. Well, like, for
1: then COVID. Um, for then when COVID was going more in, then we started doing classes through Zoom, and that was definitely different because you don't have that in person connection with your scene partner, and you might have some technical difficulties with lagging and um, internet going out. So it's I do not like directing over
0: Zoom. I am not a fan at all.
1: It's very interesting, but then also the way that our teachers would get through to us in that realm and get us to get past that point is you have to be able to connect with somebody who may not be there like let's say mm-hmm. i they showed an example of a behind the scenes game of thrones just a uh, picture and it was of amelia clark petting what was her dragon but it was literally just like a green pillow and like having to connect with that and have all of that emotion mm-hmm. still and it's like obviously it's not a physical thing that you can see, but you have to imagine, you have to mm-hmm. still be in that connection. So it's been different. And now that we are starting to do in-person ish, we're in hybrid classes. So some people are zooming in and some people are in person. Um, if you're in person, you have to be vaccinated. And um, if you're comfortable removing your mask, then we have our masks removed um, because everybody's vaccinated. And then we do our scenes and stuff. And sometimes we pair, with a person that's on zoom because we have a a monitor that's constantly running as well as the video camera and you're paired with them. And then, Or sometimes we have it paired with each other in person or with each other on Zoom. It's very interesting right now. Mm. Um, It's working. We have had technical difficulties because we like to watch our tapes back in class. And every single time we've had a class, there have been something where something goes wrong when it's recording and the sound doesn't work for either the Zoom people or the sound doesn't work for us.
0: Oh, technology.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I Uh, think the uh, other the other
0: thing to point out as far as actors go and even on the casting side is that actors for the most part are only self taping now they are not being called in to audition at all casting directors are seeing what I've been told by casting director friends we talk with they're seeing an insane amount more of people than they ever would have saw in person, Mm -hmm. which could be good for actors but for actors now you have less time to impress because you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So if your tape doesn't start right off with like good sound, good lighting, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not nailing those moments right at the beginning, you're getting turned off. Like so, because they're trying to get through so many. So I think it's like it's-
1: yeah, even we, we had a class with the emerging actors. Um, we had two, two casting directors come in and direct us on our self-tapes. So we all self-taped at home and then we watched it in class and they gave us notes, both technical and on our acting. And what, something that was super interesting that one of the casting directors we had um, say was she was like, make sure that there's nothing distracting because we will just fixate on that thing. She said that mm-hmm. there was this little tiny logo on his shirt, uh, the actor's shirt, and she was just trying to figure out what it said the entire time she wasn't even like listening to what his acting was he was just she was like what's on a show what does it say like
4: what is
0: that Um, and i want to i want to move on from this we can get to other questions but just a quick note on the director side i know that people who are teaching directors are still for the most part still over online so Mm -hmm. even if they can get Mm -hmm. to set to do some kind of project for class it's almost all online and i just cannot wrap my brain around learning to direct from a seated position. It just doesn't make sense to me. um Okay. And next up is Emmanuel. He says, Have you ever had to handle a difficult conflict in your career? Never. It's so <laughs> easy.
2: All oh, my God.
0: Um, Ebony, <laughs> does anything come to mind for you right off the top? Uh, s- Sometimes it's the problem is there's so many of these I that you're like, say, like, What,
3: what, what area? Um, I think the most. Oh, okay. So recently I um, applied for a grant. And there was it was their first year doing it, and it was kind of a lofty grant. I needed it; it was ten k. Um, when I checked everything, it said that I went to the final stage, but in actuality, I did not win the grant. It was it was very weird. The language was weird, so oh. I think yeah, that was some ooh, some shit ooh, that just it stung. It stung a whole bunch, um, but it taught me something that we you know go through all the time which is to to keep rocking i had to then do the uh, crowdfunding thing post-production um and then i sent uh, an email back telling them they need to change their their language <laughs> <laughs> not help other people yeah
0: uh tanya anything coming to mind besides you know working with your family
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, i mean i have a laundry list but i one one project that um was my baby project um veronica which uh which when we went into filming, we had a very ambitious, we're going to film it all in one, one day. And um, it turned into a 14-hour day for us because I was also doing multiple roles and acting in it. And um, after we were done, we thought, oh, you know, our our other producer who was supposed to be handling the SAG paperwork finished everything. And it was not the case. Ugh. So we got, we got um, basically slammed by SAG Ooh. because... Paperwork was never turned in. It was never done. And even Mm. though it was done for me, it was not done for the rest of the cast. And we had to think about like uh, 15 actors on there. So we had to do something. Um, We had, we called in angels. SAG was very forgiving for some reason, (laughs) and they allowed us, but we had a very, like, we had basically a week to go ahead and get everything we needed to to do, signatures and all this, so we had to hunt everybody down, and um, and I was, you know, both me and the director were on, you know, phone calls and emails day in and day out to try to get this in, because it was going to be screening um, in our, one of our first festivals, and, like, if we didn't get this, we are going to be so how did you
0: deal with that
2: producer did you call them out on it yeah yeah <laughs> do, you, do you still work with them i didn't call them out so the producer was also brought in by the director and the, they were friends so i was like i'm not going to handle this you're going to handle this mm-hmm. so she did handle it and okay. um and they are now speaking they were probably mm-hmm. not speaking for a moment but ultimately we realized okay this was our this was our big lesson Get it yeah. all done. Make sure that we are also the eyes and ears on and every part of this wheel. If it's in, if we're working in this capacity.
0: So let's talk about conflict as far as like maybe crew personalities. I know, um, you know, often as directors, we might bump heads with our producers or our DPs, um, or maybe there's someone on the crew who just has a bad attitude or isn't doing their job, like the producer you talked about. How how do you guys handle conflict? when you're like on set and you have to keep moving and it's not a fireable offense. Mm. Um, Alicia, I'm assuming you have stories. Uh, Maurice is has nice. got stories.
5: This is all damn day. No, um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you
5: no, know, it's like, you know, often as a UPM, I'm like HR, you mm-hmm. know,
3: uh,
5: <laughs> it really should be HR on film sets, but you know, it's, it's sometimes um, I do a lot of mentoring of women, obviously young women coming up. And sometimes there's, you know, a lot of like um you know they're they're frantic because they feel like they did something wrong and you gotta pull somebody aside and say you're doing what you want don't let that piece of you know metal right. come between you and your job and your happiness or yeah i'm seeing like all right that dude over there is not keeping his mask on the cco has asked him like eight times i gotta go over and say something um, people just, you know, it, it's, um, you got to kind of try to meet people where they are mm. and find out what, what it is. And, it, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, this is a job, you know, some of us, it's a lot, uh, you know, depending on your scale, you're like, okay, I'm here for my passion project. And like when I was doing my passion project in March, where we were all, I was paying everybody and basically here's $20 for hanging out with me for the weekend, <laughs> create those people one way and then when I'm you know paying a union rate on a, on a million plus dollar feature you're like listen I hired you to do this job and you're not so let's talk about how we get you there mm-hmm. you know and i say to directors we don't fire people we work with them until we have to fire them um, you know, <laughs> if they're not doing what they're, they're supposed to be doing there's, a, there's something to solve right. and if they're just assholes and you need to fire them uh, I, I honestly I say I like to fire people and I'll tell you why I I like to be able to, (laughs) and no, this is firing. Somebody is an art. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And if you can make that person walk away and feel heard, because first you got to be able to hear them. And second, you got to be able to get them to a place where they feel that they have learned something at the end. And then say, okay, I want to take this. I want you to redo your resume and I want you to talk to me in a week. You know, there's always a chance there to grow, and you know, I'm not going to just fire somebody and have them walk away feeling like crap. There's a there's a person behind right. with issue. so you know, this is like literally my
2: all
0: day. <laughs> just can I
2: way Can to I solve conflict? Can I we say a- something? as long as yeah, it's just, quick because we, we're almost yeah. out of time and i want to get to
0: everybody else's oh. questions
2: i just i just feel like that's where that's where change happens i think yeah. that you just pointed out like instead of it just being like let's cut you off and then move forward you're actually going ahead and say, here's your here's your ticket to learn and mm-hmm. let's see if it can work nice. with you and if not then you move on yeah. and i think I that's like beautiful I
0: love, I love that
2: you it, like but you're gonna offer it
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um okay so this is a fun one for this particular panel uh beyond los angeles from camoria Uh, Where is the most exciting city to film in and why? Will there be opportunities down the road in your city? P.S. We know Ben Affleck is in Austin. (laughs) Uh, Maurice, since I didn't let you talk on the last one, please go first on this one.
4: Uh, well, I'm always going to say Austin, period. <laughs> and I've lived in LA and I've worked in New York and all over the place. And I love all of those places. But in uh, Atlanta and, and Ebony, I, I would love to connect with you. For sure. Um, we definitely need to connect. Um, we have connections with my family in North Carolina, so we can get by. Uh, I can get down there. Um, Austin. It's, it's just a tremendous city. And I know that it's Texas and I don't mean that in a bad way, but Austin. <laughs> Austin, Austin is different. Like I like don't let the state of Texas make you think differently about mm-hmm. Austin, okay? Austin is its own world in itself, especially in the film industry, I know. And it is just, number one, it's an exciting city, which is why all these other people are coming in, right? All these other company, um, companies that are coming in. The way that the city is growing, but the landscape of so many options of where you can film, um, how you can film, with what you can get here, the relationships and how cool the people are, and the types of locations I've been able to get, and the, the people I've been able to work with, and the crews that are here. Um, and you know, you know, whatever your budgets are, it is so accessible to work here in Austin. And yes, Robert Rodriguez is here, um, uh, and and you know, Fido Studios is here. Um, and yes, they're gonna, they're doing, um, um, I think it's called Hypnotic, it's it's the Robert Rodriguez film. Um, And uh, Walker, Texas Ranger's here, and I think Fear is leaving, but they've been here for eight years. Um, And so there's so many reasons to be here. And Motivate Pictures is here, I'm just telling you guys, you gotta (laughs) gotta come, it's really cool. Um, So the city is just lovely, the restaurants are great, Austin is amazing. Um, The film festival, South by Southwest, Austin Film Festival, Mm -hmm. Austin Under the Stars, like there's so many film festivals here. So as far as the industry goes, um, and artists and creators, and, and I actually have an acting studio as well, so we're really turning out talent as well, so they don't have to leave the city mm. and work here. I can produce movies, I can work with actors and produce movies and put them in those films. Um, it's, it's a pretty exciting city. Um, and that's why I left L.A. to come back to Austin. Not that I didn't want to continue to work in L.A., but everything that I wanted to do and can do with the relationships I have in L.A., I can do here in Austin a little cheaper. Um, and I have a little bit more control and can build and grow here. So I, I'm I'm going to push Austin all day, every day.
0: If the city <laughs> of Austin isn't paying you for your promotion, <laughs> because I'm buying my plane yeah. ticket.
4: Right. Yeah. I, I need to go to the mayor because I, I may be able to get a sponsorship. Hey. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean, Ebony, you probably have a lot to say about Atlanta too. I mean, Atlanta's become the biggest film city probably in the country at this point.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Are you finding as an indie filmmaker, there's still opportunities for you there, or are you still kind of struggling to make your own stuff?
3: It's it's still a struggle. Just to be transparent, it's still a struggle because a lot of the work that comes to Atlanta still comes through LA, mm-hmm. and so if it's if you're not like below the line you're not necessarily working above the line unless you've mm-hmm. already been plugged in. So we still have work on that forefront of really making place for um, directors, writers, uh, producers, folks who are actually able to leverage their uh, some of their muscle um, and not just necessarily be supportive. Yeah.
0: Um, but I will say if you're below the line, man, I have friends hey, who left work. here, like a sound mixer, anybody, like just, they get there and they're just working. Big show, and
3: we got
2: yeah.
0: the best hot wings. I don't think all- <laughs> Um, We're almost out of time, but I don't know if Alicia or Tanya, you guys want to make any ploys for why your city's the best. I mean,
2: come on, New York. I'm in the Bronx, so it's in some ways it's like I can literally roll outside and just start filming, and it's and every landscape is iconic. However, I have cheated on New York quite a bit with Atlanta. Two of my shorts was Atlanta because I have folks down there, and it's like, oh, this is cheaper, this is fun, and uh, yes, on the hot wings. <laughs>
5: Well I'm I'm gonna gonna say I got six states of opportunity up here in New England for you. Okay. I got tax incentives. I'm in proximity to New York. (laughs) Okay, I see you, girl. Um uh yeah, we have uh but I will say, you know, same as Ebony, we're we've got like, you know, if you're below the line, great. I've wiggled my way above the line, it's taken some time, but it happens here. A lot is Mm -hmm. happening here. I think we're gonna have we're just there's a lot of wonderful stuff. Listen, we got Hocus Pocus filming in Rhode Island right now. Oh. Just saying. We've got, well, I mean, I could list, but, you know. Oh, Dexter. Dexter's was filming here. and That's airing now. Okay. Lots of great stuff to look for. But, you know, really, really what we're talking about is a little East Coast love. Mm. Mm. You, mm. you know, but I want to make films with all of you.
4: Same. Yes.
0: Yes. You know, as someone who films, I've been filming in L.A. for two decades now. I will say that I do think every other film city, including New York City, I filmed in New York City Times Square with next to cops. They didn't even blink an eye. I think every (laughs) other city is more film friendly, more affordable, um, and has almost has better backdrops like you know that's just wh- wherever you film is just gorgeous in some way la is kind of like meh but i love my sunshine so i just cannot get myself to leave i've tried i can't, I can't.
4: <laughs> before we go i just want to say congratulations on playing with beethoven and have a- yeah yeah congratulations again like really have some major success that's a really Thank big you. deal so congratulations.
0: it was a very long mm. road as you guys know so like i literally <laughs> been saying this i'm like Cause our, our we, we launched Friday, we premiere, our, our premiere is Sunday in LA. I was like, on Monday, nobody better call me. Nobody better talk to me. I'm gonna be on a, in a like on a couch crying, emotional, like it's over tears, thank God, watching TV. And then Tuesday I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Um, Cause we're gluttons for punishment. Thank you guys so much for being here. There was uh, so many questions in the audience. We're sorry we didn't get to all of them, but uh, by all means reach out to the filmmakers with your questions directly, all of their, um ads, social Ats are on the screen right there. Um, and we love them dearly. So um, Ebony, Tanya, Alicia, Maurice, have an amazing holiday. And then we'll see you next year on some kind of fun panel. So all you
1: guys. Be awesome. yeah, Bye. Thank, thank you guys so
0: much. much. You've been listening to the Black Magic Collective Podcast. If you're having fun talking tech and the biz with us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave reviews as it helps others find the show so we can keep making great content for you. We're also on all of your favorite podcast apps, as well as YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please visit blackmagiccollective.com to join and be part of the filmmaker community. All of our events and programs are free to filmmakers, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Black Magic Design.